some way she never explained, and I never asked. Yeah, so? Were you in a long time? What's a long time, little girl? I asked her gently, running my thumb over her sticky mouth. More than, I don't know, a year? Sure. So what did you do for sex? Went steady with my fist. But I heard, I mean, if you have sex in prison, it doesn't make you gay. So? Is that true? Prison's like the rest of the world. All kinds in there. Is that why you never did it? In there? Because you hate them? Hate who? Gay people. I slid my right hand around to the back of her neck. She smiled down at me. I suddenly twisted my hand, shoving her face down into the mattress. I moved to one side held her down with my right hand while I pressed my left thumb into the base of her spine, hard. I leaned down and put my lips to her ear. You like this? I said softly. No, let me... Rape is rape, I whispered. It's not gay, it's not straight. I don't give a good goddamn how people fuck long as it's what they want to do, understand? Yes. I let her go. She popped up on one elbow. I didn't mean anything, honey, she said, a fake contrite tone in her voice. I was just curious. You got a sweet little nose, I told her. Just watch where you stick it, okay? You watch, she giggled. I pulled away from the hotel an hour later. Winter was against the ropes, bleeding, but it refused to go down for the count. That gray day in March, spring was still a whore's promise. Nylons whispering, but no real juice waiting. I cursed the cold as the Plymouth slid around another corner, its wipers all but surrendering to the leaden sleet sneering down from a sullen sky. The anemic sun had vanished along with Vira. The Plymouth was an anonymous drab shark in an ocean of quicker, brighter little fish all of them darting about, secure in their front-wheel drive, ABS-equipped, fog-light-blazing perkiness. At war with glowering pedestrians, all engaged in a mutual ignorance pact when it came to traffic signals. I feathered the throttle, knowing the Plymouth stump-puller motor could break the fat rear tires loose in a heartbeat, wishing the guy who had built what he thought was going to be the ultimate New York City taxicab had lived to finish the job. The meet was set for just off Frankfurt Street, under the Brooklyn Bridge. The downtown subway system was a disease incubator in winter, and I'd be damned if I was going to walk in the miserable weather. I hadn't set the meet up, and I couldn't change it. When I'd called in, Mama had given me the done deal message. Man call. Say name. Hercules. Say friend from upstate. Hercules. Big, strong, good-looking kid. I'd done time with him years ago. Solid as a railroad spike. Just about as shrewd. He was stand-up all the way. Dead reliable. Inside, those two words intersect a lot. But we couldn't let him crew up with us on the bricks. The prof had cast the veto. Boy can't go pro! The little man told us. Hard don't count the same as smart! I'd heard Hercules was heavy lifting for hire. Not a made man. Not even part of an organization. He was a disposable samurai, and whatever he wanted to tell me wouldn't be good news. What did he say, Mama? 
Say meet second shift butcher block. Okay. Meaning, did I understand what he meant? Because Mama sure as hell didn't. Sure, it's all right. I'll take care of it. You need Max. No, Mama. He's a friend. I not know him. No. Sure, Mama said, cutting the connection. I wondered what I'd done this time. The second shift meant prison time, three in the afternoon to eleven at night. When you set up a must-come meet the way Hercules had, you always give the other guy a wide margin for showing up. The butcher block is an abandoned loading dock under the Brooklyn Bridge. It got its name because thieves used to meet there to cut up the swag from the trucks in the nearby Fulton Fish Market. Hercules didn't know where I lived. Guy like him knows that. He drops by one day just to say hello. Maybe brings a six-pack. Or the cops. I slid the Plymouth to a stop on Broadway, just across from...